Welcome, Sacramento, to your State of the Republic podcast. My name is Luis, and today I am joined by my two awesome co-hosts. But first, uh, let's go over to our good old podcast mom. Welcome back, Sharon. I know you've had a really busy day yesterday, but you know we're glad that, that you're on here and that I was able to give you some really amazing stickers, too. <laughs> Oh, that was that was a highlight was getting the stickers and, you know, you were very patient and waiting for me to get done with being busy. You know, I just to let you know, fans uh, and listeners, I had guests with me last night and I had for the very first time a young play, a, a young person named Theo, who's only eight and a half years old. And it was his very first match last night. And so being able to see the match through his eyes and then also his dad, who's in his mid thirties, watching his dad, watch his son, enjoy and absorb this, this game and having it be a winning game. I'm almost convinced that he, he was the good luck charm. Um, of course he was wearing a Barcelona, a little, you know, a, a Jersey, but at the end of the day, I, it was fabulous being able to watch this win and have this young person experience for the very first time a Sac Republic match. And so I'm still flying high from, you know, remembering that last night. And then also the fact that we won a match and we uh, got rid of the curse of the quail kits. <laughs> oh, yeah. How are you doing, Jared? Oh, I'm doing excellent. I mean, yesterday was uh, definitely a uh, buy one, get one. Uh, first, the Cedar Republic uh, FC, if not only win at home again, but also beat an Eastern Conference team, which, you know, we're about the same uh, position as as we are, but it's always great to get uh, three points. And then also seeing uh, the legendary Paul Oakenfold, but unfortunately I was not able to get him the, uh, the scarf or the State of Republic uh, podcast sticker like I had planned to. But, uh, you know, there's always a next time, or maybe if someone else comes into uh, Phoenix, you know, it'd be another opportunity too. Yeah. That's that, that's true. Yeah. Well, the challenge will will continue on, right? Eventually, you're, you'll make it happen someday, right? Um, it'll it'll happen right there. Um, but how about that uh, pastrami sandwich, though, right? Like, I don't know if we got any bacon with it. I was hoping we would get <laughs> bacon, but yeah, we had the chance to, but but uh, Cam just oh. Oh, yeah, it seems lately Cam has just been getting so close to the goal and just something happens. But oh, well, maybe maybe next time, maybe next season. Who knows? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, hopefully, hopefully it happens this season. Right. We're, we're really eager for it, that moment to happen and us being able to celebrate another Cam goal here, which, you know, we'll we'll dive more into the game and that moment for anyone who may have missed it. But yeah, that was something, something else. And, uh, you know, you kind of don't think about it as much because you won. So I guess that there is that. Uh, thankfully, it happened in a winning game and not in a losing game or in even a tying game too. But yeah, <laughs> that worked out great. Uh, I got to say though, shout out to all the people who got podcast stickers. I mean, it, it was really awesome being able to give out so many stickers. And I think it's the match we've given out the most. Uh, but my first special shout out actually goes to Ugo. I met up with him at halftime and, you know, gave him some stickers and and have never met him before. Uh, so it's not someone who actually I knew before. And so I was saying this offline, but it's really amazing when people I don't know come up to me and tell me, hey, great job with the show that you're doing. I listen to it every day uh, or every time you post a new episode. And it's 
amazing, phenomenal. It's really awesome when you get to that point where people you don't know are listening to the show as well. So thank you to everyone. And if you're someone out there who wants a sticker, please send us a message. Um, not only do I have the new glossy stickers, but uh, Sharon also has uh, quite a few. Like I mentioned earlier, I gave her quite a few there. So you have someone who can give you some stickers and Jared is going to get more for all of our fans who are in Arizona soon. So there's that too. <laughs> you know, yeah. and I uh, love this. I love this. Thanks. Thanks for that. And Jared, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but I want to give a special shout out. And I know you're going to do another person here in a second, Louise, but Bob Rosenberg. I mean, the, I barely walk up to him and greet him and say hello to him. And he turns and he asks, do you have any more of those podcast stickers from your podcast? And it's like, I was so pleased. And so I gave him a wad of podcast of stickers and he was handing them out to his friends and buddies. And I was just so impressed. So, you know, Bob, if you listen to this show and, and you're friends of Bob Rosenberg and you happen to have received a podcast sticker and you're listening in, bless your hearts and let's go. Let's just keep making these great podcasts about our favorite team and our favorite sport and anything else that comes to mind. So thank you so much. Yeah. Also for anyone who is listening for the first time, which we might be getting a lot of first timers here on, on the podcast because we gave uh, stickers to a lot of people who have never uh, heard of us before. So thank you so much. If it's your first time, we really appreciate it. And we hope to entertain you not only with our talks about Republic games, but we also have interviews that, that we do on the show um, with people related to Republic and people just in general in the soccer community here in the Central Valley, um, as well as our USL Unsolved Mysteries, which we actually recently introduced. And it's quite quite an interesting uh, segment of sorts, too. And I'm really looking forward to what today's will be on, too. Uh, it's it's always fun. It's a mystery to me, actually, today, I got to say. And also maybe to Sharon, right? I mean, we, we Jared hasn't really told us much quite yet on that. So, yeah, looking forward to that, which, again, that doesn't happen till the end of the show. So keep tuning in to find out. And a big happy birthday to Rosa, who also received her podcast stickers. Uh, she She just celebrated a wonderful birthday yesterday and the team won and she said that was the icing on her cupcake or icing on the cake whatever um and yes if your team wins on your birthday mm. woot, that's awesome oh yeah yeah they're, 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 i remember the time when Azul beat america 4-0 on my birthday on exactly my birthday i was like whew, quite quite a good good birthday for myself like i gotta say <laughs> but um yeah i have to also say one thing and I don't know if you heard it, Sharon, uh, uh, during halftime, but uh, I actually wasn't in my seat during halftime, but I was hearing uh, all that was being said. And shout out to the team. It was really amazing that they made a donation to our team member here on the podcast, which we haven't heard of uh, as much lately, right? Because of his uh, circumstance, of course. Um, but the team made a donation to Crash Kick's uh, cause. And that oh. is really, really amazing. I, I mean, it, well, when I heard that, I was like, this is this is awesome. They, they are doing a really great thing. Really appreciate that. And we all know how amazing Crash is. And he's always been an amazing fan. And for the team to do this and um, to actually give him, give him an award, I believe it was, an, I think they called it the Indomitable Spirit Award, if I'm not mistaken. 
um, at halftime and all that great stuff from the team. I, you know, it's it's one of those things that I always like to say that, you know, it just makes you even much more proud of supporting the Republic and, you know, much more willing to pay $80 for a jersey um, more than maybe any other club out there who might not be doing as much. So, yeah, just wanted to give that shout out to the team because they they did a really great cause. So. Yes, and I took a photo of Crash because he was also seated in a, a VIP couch section with his buddies and his uh, his husband. And I just that was the oh, you could tell that they felt so good to be honored and you know to be sitting in that that section. And I I think it was a it was a really good thing, a really fine gesture from Sacramento Republic, a great memory for him and all of his friends and his husband. So it was it was a beautiful night for them. Yeah. And, and you don't know that we mentioned that couch section. How about that couch section, right? That recently introduced <laughs> for this season. It's like, whoa, talk about a great commodity. I don't even know how much it probably costs to get a ticket there, but not really cheap. great idea. Not <laughs> cheap. <laughs> so if y'all ever want to spoil yourself and, you know, act like you're in your living room, but in the stadium, there's that. I mean, I... I can't imagine laying in your couch watching live soccer. That's that's the dream, right? There. And the couches are big enough. Jared, I don't know if you've seen them on TV or if you saw them in person. They're big enough where you actually can curl your legs up. You know, they're not just like these flimsy little things. You can actually curl up on them because it's a U-shaped couch sectional thing. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. And so you can fit six people comfortably. You could squeeze more in there if you wanted to, but six comfortably. And I'll tell you what, my birthday, well, my birthday is the day before we play on the 26th of September. So I'm, I'm going to be gunning. I'm going to be bugging my sister. Hey, figure a way, you know, that we can, we can get on these couches for September 26th. (laughs) It's like, come on. I know people who would join us. (laughs) Mm, Yeah. Right. Yeah. You do. (laughs) Yeah, I do. <laughs> oh, so. talk about a birthday. Hey, that, that would be quite a birthday right there. Oh, my goodness. And then if they won on top of that, woo. Yeah. Anyhow. <laughs> oh, so we should probably dive into the game. What do you think? Oh, yes, for sure. Especially a winning game, right? Um, yeah, yeah, we got to definitely dive into this, this game, which uh, I got to say, looking at the stats, uh, you know, as we usually start off uh, things here, they they kind of like, I don't know. I don't know. And we've had this before, right? Where we're like, we kind of disagree with the stats that are presented on Google, which I'm not quite sure what they're seeing, but they claim, um, and I don't know what they count as a shot, but they claim that we got seven shots ourselves. Red Bulls got 21 shots. I don't know where they saw extra shots, but I don't recall seeing 21 shots. But anyhow, out of those, uh, four were on target for Republic, three on target for New York. Possession, they claim 65% for New York, which I don't think it was that. Like, I don't know. I don't think it was 65%, but yeah, this, this stat sheet, you're right. And and Jared, I don't know if you're thinking this way too. And this stat sheet doesn't look quite right because every time yeah. occupied, and I was looking, it was like, we had a bulk of the possession, I thought, but only 35% is what's recorded here. And same with passes. So yeah. I'm befuddled. Who, who... As, as the kids say, this is totally sus. <laughs> <laughs> we 
which for older podcast listeners, sus means suspect. Okay. Oh, you know what? No, no, actually, I feel old. I was not even aware of that. (laughs) (laughs) And you're young. Yeah, I'm not in my generation, I guess, at times. It happens. It happens. There's, um, yeah. (laughs) But uh, yeah, no, I don't know who came up with these stats. Yeah, I'm not sure. But with that being said, uh, you know, of course, we win at 3-1. I was... I was, you know, I think it's one of those things where you see just goals after goals after goals that you're like, this game could end up being a goal fest where we get five, six goals and just great because we needed to get out of that negative goal differential. But it didn't quite turn out that way. Uh, I don't know what you guys were were thinking, but just from seeing the first half and and the goals and whatnot, I was like, this looks too easy. These, These guys are clearly showing to all of us why they are the worst team in the USL right now. Uh, and, uh, you know, we're taking advantage of that, which is good, right? We wanted to see that. We wanted to see us making sure that we show to everyone, yes, we're playing against the team who's gotten more goals scored against, who has the less amount of points and just the whole championship. And, you know, at the very least, they they were able to showcase that for us. But let's go ahead and dive into the, the goals, right? First goal, first out of the two that he actually scored in the night, Luis Felipe. My tocayo, as I like to call him, because, of course, we share the same name, uh, scores the first one out of an amazing corner kick from Formella. What are your thoughts? I actually thought we were going to blow the Red Bulls, too, out of the water after this sort of stuff and, and, you know, the three goals in the first half. But this goal was fabulous, and it was just what we needed. It was just what he needed. Um, it, it Formella... He's as much as I love him in the box because of his height, he does take good corners. He does take good free kicks and, you know, it's the Polish connection, I believe, but look at the height that Felipe gets on the ball, but their goalkeeper was kind of crap. Uh, wasn't as good as he could have been. Um, I, I was going to say a different word, but um, yeah, so it, it was a solid, it was a solid goal. It was solid. Luis needed it. And then we'll get to see another Luis Felipe goal here in a bit. Yeah, it was just a right place, right time. I mean, everything worked out beautifully. Uh, Formella was able to get get the corner kick out, and then Luis Felipe just ma- managed to be in the right spot. I mean, just uh, rocking to get in there, managed to nab his first goal. I mean, beautiful way to open up the account for the season. Yeah, talk about poor marking, right? It's like he didn't even have to do much but just stand there and be like, oh, I guess it's coming to me. All right, let me just... <laughs> Headed in, it's like, well, that, that's got to be one of the easiest corner kick goals we've ever scored in Republic history. <laughs> yeah. And if he'd had missed it or if there was a knockdown in the box, look at the other players that we had surrounding him. So that was a that was a good surrounding. You know, I don't know that everybody was necessarily ball watching. We actually had um, on the back. I don't know if that was Duke or, or just two. I can't tell. Uh, was also in a position to possibly finish what was started. No, it was... Um, Belmar. Um, Belmar. Um, yeah. yeah, it was blurry. The the thing was blurry. Uh, yeah. So KB also jumped as though he was going to receive the ball. So that was good anticipation. I like that. It was perfect. So I, I, you know, I, I think we were, we're getting a little bit better and, you know, just listening, uh, just hearing back, you know, I hate, I'm not going to, well, I guess I will. Um, I kind of mentioned something to coach about this and, he, it's good that 
it, it's good that Luis is beginning to show his true ability. We knew what he had, we meaning us here on the outside. We knew what he brought to the table when we brought him in. I mean, that was like one of our better signings. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's been slow rolling. It's been slow to develop. You know, it's almost like he's been building his role, you know, first in the midfield and first in the defensive midfield and then moving forward into the attacking midfield to finally scoring a goal. You know, so it's kind of like he's been building and this is long overdue. I think this sort of act from him, this is long overdue. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. He was one of my uh, new players to watch. And so I'm glad that, you know, we're starting to see the player that, that I knew he was already. So. Yeah. And I know that coach Briggs is asking a lot of the players. He's, he's really behind the scenes directing and asking them for certain things. And, and the guys I think are starting to show it. Although there is something that hopefully we'll get a chance to talk about a miss that happened in the second half, late in the second half, mm-hmm. um, that got the fans all ticked off because of something. But it wasn't Luis Felipe. It was somebody else. And we'll get to that. Okay, roll it. Keep going here. I so, think that there's a PK situation happening. So a couple of minutes later, actually, we we got uh, what I think is a candidate for goal of the season, at least for Republic, of course, right? Uh, Luis Felipe scoring the second goal amazing amazing play i got gotta say like he he did a really great job and and serving the ball passing it and doing like a little like you know uh chest to the next player's head back to him i mean it it was such an amazing connection the whole play is just really phenomenal If, if you guys go back and take a look at it like it it was all just like executed perfectly and yeah i mean it was it was great. It was one of those balls that you have and, you know, you got to score it. If you miss it, then, ooh, everyone is going to be really disappointed because you you had it right there and, and you were basically so this, in front of the goalkeeper. So this is where this is where Duke's vision vision has starting to is starting to also come alive. So the way you break down a defense is exactly what these guys are showing, where you pass through the defenders and get them spun around. How many players got spun around in that little <laughs> sequence of Luis Felipe chesting the ball to um, Duke, Duke Lacroix, and then Duke had the foresight to just head it right back to Luis, who got himself like wide freaking open. And the defense, the Red Bulls defense, are spun around. They're like little cones. They didn't know what to do. That's how you break down the defense right in the in the box. And, that, and our guys did that. So seeing them do those sequences is bringing happiness to all of us. That's what we're looking for. That's the action. That's the oh, pizzazz that we're used to. You know what I mean? We're used to that kind of stuff. And to see it come back is, it's a real, it's real good. Yeah, that goal was just beautiful all around. I mean, just the assist, the, the vision, the timing. I mean, this basically harkens back to days of old to where we could score on whim. And I'm just grateful that, that you know, folks like Lacroix, I mean, he's, yeah, getting some come up here finally. We knew he was going to be a good selection. And then Luis Felipe getting his brace. I mean, how else can you top that on on the night where you score your first goal and your second goal? I mean, other than maybe a third goal. But, hey, this is still a great night for, for Luis Felipe and a great assist by, by Duke on this. And 
you know, if you guys go back and, and go look at the at the replay again too, uh, you'll notice that even before, right, Luis Felipe isn't even in the area yet. He's like walking to the, or I shouldn't say walking, but jogging to the area. He's already asking for it. I don't know if you guys noticed that too, but he, you could already see the hand movement. Like, hey, 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 I'm moving. Like, he's like signaling to him, like, hey, I'm moving over here. Look at me, look at me, You're right? As, as all the players are so distracted uh, looking at Fermella, you know, he's doing this thing and he's like slowly, quietly, right? Being like, all right, great. He's going to give it to me. He does the chest pass. Duke uh, does the header pass and then kicks it in. So he had that vision already, right? Such amazing vision to already say like, hey, give it to me. I can, I have something kind of like planned out for it, right? And, and you already know that that's what he wanted to do. It's not, it wasn't like an accidental thing, right? right. Like he, yeah. he knew what, what, what was going to happen. He was like, yeah. And and funny enough, I mean, they're both kind of going together. And I don't know if maybe he communicated to Duke, hey, let's go, let's go, me and you, we, we got this, right? Because like, <laughs> they both move like, like parallel, right. basically. Well, right? we didn't have, okay, so, so, okay, if you look on the back right, we actually had another player coming in to do the, um, you know, you're supposed to frame the box and then have the trailing um, midfielder come in. And you have both Duke and Luis coming in as the trailing midfielder. So they split the difference and they end up doing this. So backing up though, I really want to give props to Derek Formella on this because he, I would have given him an assist on it because look at how perfectly pinpointed his pass was. He hit Luis like he knew exactly where he was going to go. And that look at, I mean, his, his, his technique on that little, he did a scuff, you know, he, he stopped his foot right at the base of, of the placement of the kick. Look, watch, stop, boof, like that. And that's how you get the spin, the backspin. And that's how you get the accuracy. He, you know, to, he's almost like a chip shot and it was perfectly executed. The other thing I would have wanted from, from Derek, he, he stands and watches a little bit because I think he was going to cover um, because there were so many players in the box. I think he may have been, had that not worked out, he was in a position to to run back. And that's one of the things that I like about Derek, but it was almost like he was hesitant to do one or the other, but you know, he was wide in a position in case they had to kick it back out to him, but he was also wide enough in the position where he could have recovered and made a recovery run. So if anybody's looking at it, go to the 21st minute, you know, partway through the, the 21st, 22nd minute, sorry. Um, and take a look at that and watch that replay and watch how we set up and how we covered the box just the way you're supposed to in a textbook. So that makes it easy. Yeah, that was well, well, well put. And uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, candidate maybe for a goal of the season, especially because of the play and, and all that went through with that. And so, yeah, that's, that's what we had there. Of course, two zero. Next play was actually a penalty kick call, which I know he's not on here right now, but we were talking offline uh, with Michael, which hopefully he can join us uh, soon. He's, he's been pretty busy, but uh, he actually said that, you know, he didn't really agree with the call and, you know, he made sure that, you know, he took the Republic jersey off for a quick second there and and really, in his opinion, uh, it shouldn't have been called over as as a penalty and uh, as as i look at it just again as as a replay i mean i think it's one of those things where yeah we would have been shouting a bunch of things there as as fans right just because we don't get a penalty get called on but i think that if 
they hadn't called it a penalty, I don't think none of us could have really argued that, like, oh, yeah, it was a penalty. Or I don't know. What, what do you guys think? Yeah, when I first saw that live, I was thinking at first with the, with the angle we have right here, the broadcast angle, I mean, it definitely looked like that there was a call. But when you bring around the reverse angle and seeing it, you get to thinking, oh, geez, that, that, that really should have been called against us. I mean, it looked like yeah. it was a beginning of contact. But, uh, you know, how often do we get these uh, called in our favor instead of against us? So I'll take it. I'll take it. I mean, because look what it led up to. This <laughs> he does sweep the feet out of the young boy, a uh, young player that was marking him. I mean, that looked like a man against. Yeah, we we play a lot of younger players, and this <laughs> I feel so bad for uh, the defender that got swept his his feet swept out, and the referee that got kind of got suckered into the dive. But you know, it it is what it is. We got a PK out of the deal, and uh, it helped with our confidence even though it might not have been a true truly deserved call however there were other times during the game where things were not called and little theo who was watching the game with me uh oftentimes would call the fouls because he knew what a foul should be and there were times where they weren't being called and was like yeah it's okay theo they played the advantage so but in this case yeah i i think we got away with one yeah, and it's so funny, right? Because the referee was right there, right? Like, right, literally yeah. had a good angle to <laughs> to look at the play there. Um, but yeah, I'm with Jared. I mean, yeah, we've been screwed over so many times this season with uh, terrible refereeing. So seeing terrible refereeing uh, benefit us now, we're like, well, okay, see, there you go. <laughs> we've been saying it the whole season, right? But it, it's good that finally it's not always against us, right? Because we've always had bad calls against us that have like ultimately made us lose all three points in most cases. And uh, yeah, I mean, for once they show that they're actually bad calling everyone, not just us. So yeah. What's interesting is, is I found that the officiating except for a couple little skirmishes that occurred, I thought last night's officiating was, was better than most, you know, there were Mm. a few missed calls and a a couple little things like that, but the tete-a-tete wasn't as, nasty you know it's like mm. i i think he controlled i think he was able to control a little bit of the um flagrant shackles but you guys might have a different opinion on that and jared you watched it on television so you were able to see that often in replay so it'll be interesting to hear your opinion yeah i, I know once the uh the tackle had taken place you know of course the uh new york uh d- defender ultimately got the yellow card but it seemed like that there was another member of the New York that uh, unprovoked uh, just uh, shoved another Republic player. And I was surprised that uh, he didn't get the uh, yellow card for that because I watched that happen uh, in, in real time on ESPN plus. And I was thinking, Oh boy, here we go with another brouhaha. Uh, how, how many yellow cards are going to be flying out? Uh, what, how is this going to break down? And it just turned out, you know, the original yellow card go for a penalty kick. That's it. No. That's all that was. And then, of course, we get the penalty kick for Mella, which tends to be a a pretty good PK taker. Fortunately for us, ends up scoring the goal, but unfortunately, he actually misses the penalty. But luckily, and this is one thing that you always want your PK kicker to uh, 
make sure that he's super focused on is that if you get any rebound, you've got to make sure that you actually score that. And that's exactly what happened. Uh, but I think his shot maybe it was too centered. I don't know what you guys think, but uh, you know, it definitely maybe wasn't as best of a kick that you can actually make, right? It definitely didn't have um, velocity that um, I would have expected from uh, Derek Famella. It was kind of a inside the foot pass, which does make it more telegraphed. Um, and the keeper did a good job. I mean, the keeper dove in the correct direction and uh, was able to, although he did step out a little bit, I don't know if that was before or after I'm, I'm watching the keeper's feet because sometimes if they can, nope, nope, he stayed his line until the, the ball was kicked. So um, the old Brianna Scurry, do you remember in the <laughs> night the, where she stepped forward well before the kick was one of the PKs was taken and she saved it and they didn't call her and it was like, they didn't call it on her. And I always look for that after, you know, that whole situation with Brianna Scurry. Um, but yeah, no, it's fair enough that he followed his shot and was able to finish it. So good for him. And I got to say, well, maybe a little mistake here, but this might be like a little, maybe too picky. But if you look at the replay, uh, before he makes contact with the ball, there is already a Red Bulls 2, what seems like it. I'm looking at this. It's an optical illusion. It seems like a Red Bulls 2 player is already stepping in the box. So he could have repeated that. I think if we don't score that, I mean, again, it would have to be a super like, picky referee but you know referees usually want to make sure that doesn't happen but when it does happen then you know as the rules say you got to repeat the penalty if it was stopped so uh there was that as well yeah but i don't know how i don't think he would have replayed it either way but (laughs) yeah well thankfully formella um did the knockdown rebound now in listening to the telecast, that's his signal. People think he's being rude, but that's actually his signal to somebody back in his homeland of Poland. He's He's got a, a, a buddy. I mean, it's kind of like his trademark thing that he does. It's, it's uh, gosh, Carol Burnett, when she used to tug her earlobe at the end of every show, for mm-hmm. you young people, you won't know what that what I mean, but that's what he does. And he's got his buddy buddy back in Poland that that's, that's their trademark together. That apparently that's what the announcer said, right? Isn't that Jared? What you heard? <laughs> well, my belief, and probably I'm incorrect. Um, I was hearing it was a, kind of a re- reference to a Fortnite. I guess like a, a Fortnite celebration. I'm not sure. I mean, but it would make more sense as far as uh, your explanation. You know, it being a uh, long distance uh, hello to, to folks in Poland. And I will say I, I have seen uh, Carol Burnett show, although not during its original run. They do show it uh, um, weeknights on uh, me TV. So I do get the, the reference. Not everybody else does, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> so but that's yeah. just me. <laughs> well, I'm I'm glad he has a trademark thing. My my neighbors across the street. The first time he did it, and I was at a game when he did it, she texted me and she goes, that was awfully rude of him. And I said, no, that's his goal celebration. It wasn't meant to, you know, make fun of the other team or anything like that. It's because growing up when we did something like that, that was nah, 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 nah. but that's not, that's not, <laughs> I don't think that's what it is. Um, so to make a long story short, I thought it was kind of funny that my neighbor who's like 15 years older than me is texting me saying that wasn't very nice. It's like, Oh, it's, it's okay. It's okay. Okay, Margie, it's cool. <laughs> okay, yeah, I 
I've, I've never found it offensive myself too. I think it's always been one of those things where it's like, well, it's this iconic celebration, right? Just like any other player, they they have that. Mm-hmm. But I'm glad to hear the context of it now. Now that you know, I'm hearing this because I I did kind of wonder. I was like, wait, what is he? Wonder what what that like? What, where is that from? Where is that celebration from? Right? Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so thankfully he was able to get the rebound uh, and he was able to uh, get that goal there. Uh, but we move on over to the second half, right? 3-0 again. But, before, but yeah. you know, weren't we queued up? Weren't we like expecting, uh, even at halftime, I remember saying some something to somebody saying, oh, great. This is like the old days of LA Galaxy 2 when we would beat them in 2014. Oh, we beat them a lot during season or I forget what year it was. And we always used to joke around as staff, can we play them every time? You know, because we could just cream them. And so I was saying that about New York Red Bulls. It's like, oh, this is so easy. Can we play them all the time? And then all of a sudden it was like, oh, crap. Yeah. So go ahead, Luis. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, yes. All of a sudden when we were all like, yeah, come on, we could let's keep scoring. Right. Like I said, we we wanted uh, to make sure that, you know, we we get back to the positive and the goal differential and what better way than do it against the team that's been scored on the most. Right. And we had opportunities and whatnot, but 62 minute actually hits. And unfortunately we don't just get any goal, but do I dare say that we might be getting the goal of the season here, (laughs) which, you know, no one would have expected would come from the Red Bulls in this match, but unfortunately it did. And people who were sitting around my section 207 were like, whoa, I just saw everyone just like reacting. Like we just saw quite an amazing goal right now. Um, But looking at it, of course, from our perspective, what were your guys' thoughts? Do you think Tomas made a mistake or it's just one of those things that it, it just went his way? I was shocked. I I honestly, I I was shocked. I couldn't tell if it was a, a keeper error, but Tomas was not in no man's land. He was actually in a proper position. He wasn't too far out, but I think the kid made a, an incredible shot. But then if you look at the our defensive ability on, on him, we really didn't close him down 100%, you know, when we could have. Um, you know, the pressure of our defenders or the defense on him wasn't, wasn't the best. So it kind of left Tomas hanging, you know. He, he had no help back there. He was on his own. Yeah, I mean, there really wasn't a whole lot Tomas could do in, in this. I mean, I'll say that straight out. I mean, that was just a, a rocket shot from from New York. Really, the, the, if there was anything that Tomas could have done other than maybe grow grow the size of a brick, a literal brick wall, <laughs> yeah, there, there was no stopping that shot. Yeah, uh, you know, I think... I would venture out to say that the that the you know kid wasn't like just you know saying like all right you know I think I could score this I think they were just so uh, desperate at that point right because again it was the second sixty second minute and they were trying to make sure they got one right so I feel like it was more a desperate kind of like uh, opportunity right they were like let me see if this works right they just wanted to shoot from anywhere because they were finding that. Nothing's working out. We're not able to score one goal. So I, I just think the kid was like, you know, let me just shoot it because we need to score a goal already. And just so happens to be that, like, something that doesn't typically happen when you're so urgent to the score a goal, 
happen. So I think he just shot just a shoe, right? That's that's my opinion from it because I don't think you you can plan for that happening, right? Or for having a shot like that because most of the time those shots just go way out. <laughs> so that's that's what we saw with that goal three one. Uh, you know, I think it was one of those things. I don't know how you guys felt, but when I saw that goal come through, I was like, oh, no, we better be concentrated because there is still a lot of time remaining in this match. And as we've all known in this season, right, we've had moments where it's like uh, we thought we had a tie to win and ends up not happening. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right, because if we don't close them down, I mean, in the past, we've tried to, like, park a bus, and that doesn't work, you know, because then you don't have any attack. And so, um, yeah, we actually had to – we continued to do some pressure. We didn't just – I mean, towards the end, we were headed to the corner flag, you know, when there was only, like, three, four minutes left in in regular time. But there there was a play later in the game, and I don't know if the highlight reel shows it – there was a play where Cam Wasa just worked his butt off to get the ball and he had it in perfect position. He made it around the corner and mm-hmm. I think it was in the 88th minute and maybe it was, it was not quite the 88th minute, but he put it perfectly, perfectly to Fatai Alashe, who then decided to go badink, badink, right foot. Oh no, left foot. No, no, no. And then by this time, all the defenders had closed him down. And so he had absolutely no clear shot. And I have no idea what he ended up doing with it, but we were so frustrated. It was like, that's the one you want to do first time, dude. I mean, Mm -hmm. if if it hits a player, if it hits their defense, fine, but that's the first time when Cam serves it up like that, you don't sit there and fool around with the ball. That's not the word I was going to use. You don't fool (laughs) around with it. You literally, it's a one time. You, mm-hmm. you have that one moment because Cam saw that you were wide freaking open. So mm-hmm. you just tap it in and it didn't happen. And, it, and then I said, I was not polite when I was in the stands. I said something about, and I'm not going to say it here because I mean, I, I, I think Fatai has a, a lot of room to grow and, you know, hopefully that will be a lesson for him that when he's in that spot, you one time it, you one time it. If Derek Formello was in that spot, that's a one time. Uh, Pete Penanen. No, he would, he would use either foot. Doesn't matter. It would get in the goal. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So <laughs> that was that missed opportunity that would have really put the nail in the coffin and put it at four one, but <clears throat> it didn't happen. Yeah. I think I I was in the perfect spot to, to voice my displeasure about the, seeing that missed opportunity. Uh, granted it uh, wasn't when Paul Wilkenfold was on, but with the music loud and, taking the time to the CESPN plus at the same time. I mean, I don't think anybody could, could have heard uh, my displeasure or uh, profanities uh, dur- during that time. So, but, but yes, I mean, you get an opportunity like that. You just ta- tap it in or just use a little bit of some of that English that the players have been using that sends the ball like over the net, but just a tiny pinch of that. So it go- at least gets airbound, but I mean, this, this didn't happen. I mean, maybe they need more practice on situations like that. I mean, because there's been quite a few opportunities where we've been right there. Just, all you got to do is just just chip it in and know it goes three miles above the post or just something else. Yeah, and I think something that worried me a lot, too, is that it's not like he was under pressure, right? Like you got it's a game one already zero pressure it's not like oh that that's the game winning goal or that's a tying goal 
like that was not the case it's like how do you not take the chance and and whatnot and it's kind of funny Sharon your sister put it right yesterday too because she actually uh, uh, referred to it as like I, I forget what kind of dance but she said something about him looking like he was dancing but and that's why he like didn't shoot it because he was like look he was <laughs> dancing and you know he ended up not doing anything because he was dancing <laughs> He was dancing and it was like, that's that moment of indecision. You know, that's, that's that whole, it's a little bit of a lack of confidence. And it's that moment of indecision. Like, I don't want to make a mistake. So, and then you get caught in your brain, you know, all athletes get caught in their head. And if you stop thinking and just start playing and trust your body and trust the training that you have and trust your muscle memory, you do a whole lot better when you don't put your, you know, even though they say 95% of playing a sport is between your ears. A lot of it is you just rely on your training, everything. I mean, it's like when a fireman or paramedic shows up on scene, they rely on their training to make the right decisions in the right moments. And they just do it. You know, it's kind of muscle memory. And it's the same thing with every sport. You just have to trust yourself and get out of your head and so who knows what was going on in his head when he got there? It was like, oh, my God, it's not quite perfect. OK, so if I move it here and then by that time, all the moving it, the dancing, it was closed down. Yeah. So it was it was kind of funny that my sister called it. She's she's very smart. I will say, you know, listening to my sister watch a game, she could call a game. She calls horse shows, um, you know, behind the scenes. We've both been announcers for our different sports, you know, that kind of a thing. And so she's she's a very I will have to say she's very good at uh, seeing things. Um, she's sharp. So trust my sister's judgment. If she ever, if, if anybody ever asks her for a critique, it's like, yeah, just let my sister. Yeah. Let her into your head for a little bit. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Cause she, she was talking to me yesterday about like that same play going detail by detail. And I was like, Oh, this is great. She saw every single little detail uh, of the play and uh yeah but yeah it was unfortunate that we didn't get that and you know at times I felt especially based on some of the subs that we were just being more defensive minded and this was before I think even you know we got that goal scored against and that, that's the one thing I didn't like you know for, from from the game too is that I wanted the team to just keep going at it you know like don't have zero mercy unfortunately right in this case for <laughs> new york because again you know this is an out of division rival and not just that but again i keep saying it right the team that's been scored on the most there's a team where you could have like you know been run that much score. closer yeah you could have run it up yep yeah and, and we could and not just for that now right but we need to make sure that our goal differential is looking a lot better than it's looking like now, right? I mean, now it's negative three, right? Still, of course, better than negative five. But, you know, it was our opportunity to get closer to that zero and make sure that you uh, up that up, right? Because we look at our other rivals in our own group and some of those, some of them are in the negative, especially as you go from third to sixth on the group standings. And so, you know, it, it's going to be a tight race at the end where goal differential might be what decides you know, uh, uh, who ends up going and who ends up not going. So that, that was my worry. You know, it's like, yeah, this is the game where you need to make advantage of the fact that uh, you're one of the few teams in the group who's probably playing against New York. 
score more on them, score more because you're having this unique chance that others in your group don't have. So <laughs> go at it. So we used to call that um, stand on their throat. You know, it's kind of like, um, you know, put a knife in it, put a fork in them, you know, that kind of a thing. It's like, uh, yeah, don't let them up. Just stand on and stand on their throat or whatever. Um, but that's like probably not a very nice term to use these days. Um, but it literally is. <laughs> we really could have um, shown much more dominance, you know, in going after more goals. But there could have been something that Mark wanted to work on. Um, it obviously, according to the stats, it wasn't possession because they showed that we didn't have the bulk of the possession. So, you know, I don't know what exactly Mark wanted to work on once we got the three goals. And, um, you know, I know he had to make some critical subs, you know, some, you know, get some guys some rest and he made a, he made some subs and it was, it was good. Um, you know, bringing in Fatai and, um, and Cam, oh, oh my gosh, the crowd. Did you hear how wild the crowd mm-hmm. went? Mario did great, but bringing Cam on the crowd did not shut up. It's yeah. like, and, you know, I had to, kind of, we had to kind of explain it amongst the people that were new uh, r- around us, you know, some friends. It's like, yeah, no, this is why Cam always gets like huge applause when he comes on the, on the field. And so yeah. it's nice. I was one of them. I was one of those that I was being yep. loud for him too. And I, and I did hear someone uh, behind my seat actually explain the same exact thing you're saying right now too, saying like, oh yeah, this is who Cameron is. And this is why, you know, the, the crowd is going wild as he's about to be subbed in. So yeah, I I heard all that being mentioned and whatnot. And uh, yeah, that was a, a really good moment there of the game. Uh, but yeah, so looking at our standings, uh, it, it's so funny, right? Because it seems like we get points and we're not moving anywhere because everyone is moving together. And mm-hmm. because, and Jared knows as well, right? Apparently yeah. the lights decided to actually be Orange County against all odds that ended up happening i don't know what happened i don't know what happened to orange county but they ended up being them 3-1 and so because of that we are not above them at this time <laughs> i know that that meme you, you put out there jared you know i mean at least it worked to get the win hey i mean so, somehow the, the meme worked. I mean, it kind of worked. Maybe it worked on their sympathy and they, you know, put some extra gas into it. I mean, that's the only thing I could think of it. Yeah. So there was another weird thing happening in the universe, right? Besides the Las Vegas lights beating Orange County, San Jose Earthquakes beat Seattle Sounders. Oh, wow. Oh, right. That never happens. And they beat them in Seattle. When oh. does that ever happen? So, yeah, there's something yeah. weird. I think the axis of the earth must have shifted a little bit. Who knows? It just, it, it was a weird night last night to have not only uh, Las Vegas lights beating Orange County, but then to have the earthquakes beating Seattle. Huh. I'll take it. Oh, yeah, that's, that's it. Well, yeah, I'm just glad that the night wasn't against us too, right? Because then it would have been like, whoa, Red Bulls too beating Republic? What? That would have been something else if that would have happened, but I'm glad. We're not saying that right now. Well, we're not saying that either. (laughs) Um, Amongst other oddities too. But if we take a look at the group standings, uh, first place and probably the team that is definitely going to take first place in this group already, uh, Phoenix Rising with 32 points, 14 games played. Next up, Orange County with 16 games played, 25 points. 
San Diego Loyal, 15 games played, 21 points. Tacoma Defiance in that fourth spot that we're so after with 17 points and 13 games played, uh, one less than we do. And then above us, Las Vegas Lights and LA Galaxy, to both with 15 games played, one more than us, uh, 16 points. Same as us with 16 points, but we have one less match than they do. So we win the next match where we catch up in points or we even just get one point. And we could be in fifth place uh, tied up with uh, Tacoma Defiance or past Tacoma Defiance. And then underneath in the table are the poor Oakland Roots, which, again, it's so unfortunate to see them there because that team has playoff potential. Um, But unfortunately, they're there, as as we mentioned it before. Ten games played, six points is where they are at. Um, Recently lost their game uh, yesterday, actually, against Orange County. Apparently there, Orange County actually did win, which we did need them to win there. So we wouldn't have them close by. Unfortunately, I'm sorry, Oakland fans. I really wish Republic and Sacramento were up there. But, you know, it's either us or you guys. And it's got to be us going to playoffs. But, <laughs> yeah, that's that's all that table is looking like now. So, again, not, not much movement, but one more game. And we would definitely catch up. And if we actually look at the upcoming games, oh, talk about a game where we can catch up. We actually visit Tacoma to play against Tacoma Defiance, who, again, are in that spot we want to be at. We beat them, and we're going to be well on our way to hopefully, you know, uh, trying to make sure we make fourth spot our spot. So, again, really critical three points. You need him. Uh, It's one of those games where, you know, you need to definitely get those points because it's a direct rival uh, to your standings. After that, we make the trip out, not to Oakland, but to Livermore uh, to play against the <laughs> Oakland Roots. The Livermore uh, Roots. Yeah, the Livermore Roots for, for I guess, for certain games. They, they have some games where they are playing at Laney College, um, from what I Late. hear, which... Uh, Later in this season, I think. No, actually, even earlier, actually, if what? I'm not mistaken. So, okay. uh, I and I, I've been meeting as someone in the Oakland Roots community, what's going on? I don't know why they're playing some games and some play, games they're playing... Uh, uh, Las Positas so I yeah I'm not sure what's what's going on there um, I, I don't know if it was the game that they played uh, just recently I think the they the one that they lost against uh, yesterday no it was another they played at Las Positas there was a game that they they said would be at Laney College and I was like mm, so okay so ours is yeah I'm not complaining I, I like my game being in Livermore much closer to me and uh, whatnot and uh, I think much smaller venue as well so hey that, that works out great for us um, but that game's coming up as well, Wednesday, August 11th. So we're in for two weeks of midweek games. Um, so no weekend games until uh, we go back home against the Lights on August 14th. Uh, so against them. So next three matches are winnable for us, are critical to win for us. If we manage to get as much points as we can in those three matches, we can be well on our way to hopefully hopefully getting that fourth spot and and moving away from other rivals who are threatening to get that fourth spot. So (laughs) that's where we're at right now. And again, after that, you play against Phoenix at Phoenix on August 21st. So that's why this this is so critical to get those points right now. Um, But more so critical to win yesterday's game so you can be on, on a winning track. So there we you have know, it. So, Luis, it's interesting. I just saw Oakland Roots tweet, and they are going to be back in Oakland on Wednesday, August 4th, but yet they say that our game is going to be 
in Livermore on the 11th. Yeah, that's that's a mystery. Hey, yeah, what more? One more oh, mystery. Oh, I solve <laughs> mysteries. It's <laughs> <laughs> a, a mystery. Yeah. Well, well I mean, I, I think someone in Oakland will definitely be able to inform us, even the fans, right? If we ask a, a fan, uh, you know, what's what's going on, right? I'm sure there might be more, more so. There might be something there, but it's just weird, right? Why why is it that you guys are actually still playing there and like, is the field like a use me once every three four weeks kind of a thing or don't use me every week or i don't know it's, it's a weird situation there yeah and i think that that is going to be a continuation of uh last week's uh usl unsolved mysteries i know we didn't really get get to, to uh started with with that particular one but really now with this fact that they're uh going with different venues i mean i'm switching between laney college and livermore uh, Los Positas. I mean, I, I really think Roots fans deserve an answer as far as why they're continuing on with this as well. I mean, not just USL fans. I mean, what is really going on with the organization there? I mean, with this being the fact that this is their first year in USL Championship. I mean, I understand there's going to be some challenges here and there, but of, of this level, I mean, no one really anticipates this uh, happening. I mean, the turf issues, the story behind that, uh, the players unfortunately coming down with COVID, which I'm hoping they've uh, fully recovered or at least are on the way to it. And then now you have this uh, stadium situation. I mean, at least other teams that have gone through it, like uh, Phoenix, I mean, it was more on a yearly basis. I mean, we're talking on a week-by-week basis that Oakland is saying, oh, we have a game at Laney, or we're playing a game at Los Pasitas. You know, just, I mean, there really is not much of a rhyme or reason for it. I mean... Oh, you know what I bet happened? So here's what I think happened. Okay, so I'm looking at it, and I don't mean to solve the unsolved mysteries. Um, Maybe I'll just keep my mouth shut, but I think I know the answer to it. Maybe we'll just leave it there. And when we're done with the podcast and the recording is off, I'll talk to y'all and I'll, I'll let you know what I think. Okay. And of course, uh, and of course, our listeners, uh, those that are watching, feel free to put to put in your two cents. I mean, what it could possibly be. We we could always go for what what you believe the answer may be. I mean, reach out to us. Yeah, yeah. I'd be curious what what people. Yeah, I mean, this is an interesting uh, thing there too. But uh, yeah, do you have another unsolved mysteries, Roslo Jared, or did we just create one for you? Here? Uh, well. You know what? I think that's kind of adding on. So it's almost like a two-parter now. So this is like oh. part two. Oh, nice. But uh, but but I'll keep an eye out. I mean, part, part, part two. Yeah. Part two of the Oakland Roots Unsolved Mysteries. Yeah. What is the cloud that's yeah. over? And what's behind what's behind the cloud? And then what's behind the decision making? And so it just kind of gets deeper. Mm-hmm. You know, we kind of dropped the Orange County. How do they get funding? Because I, you know, we were able to see that they actually did have fans in their stands. So we yeah. <laughs> were able to conveniently kind of set that one aside. But this one is still a puzzler. So I, I like this two part two part unsolved mysteries. Yeah, I mean, unless there's anything else going on that uh, could be a question as well. I mean, we'll see how how it goes. I mean. But I would definitely like to hear everyone's thoughts on this. Yeah, what's going on with, with, with the venue and, and all that. Yeah, that's really, really uh, interesting stuff. And uh, great. Hey, cool. I just just came up with the unsolved mysteries for today. <laughs> there you go. Um, I, I was yeah. thinking about it, too. I was like, yeah, let me think about it. But if Jared you know, wants to mention this, then <laughs> I'll let him uh, mention this, too. But yeah, no, it's, it's really strange 
But again, not complaining. This is one mystery that I'm like, whatever you guys want to think, it's great. Do it a little more awesome, even better. We don't have to keep going even more inside the Bay Area and deal with traffic and all that, right? Especially on, on a midweek game, right? It's like, ah, uh, no, <laughs> perfectly fine for us right there. Yeah, which I'm surprised they, they didn't do uh, as oh, much don't as give too can. much away don't give too much away i gotta we gotta <laughs> wait let's stop there because we gotta let some of the answers come <laughs> in for unsolved mysteries because i have a i have a theory but duh let's just <laughs> okay. all right yeah I, I don't think what i was gonna say was actually gonna like say i wasn't gonna actually okay. guess on it too I, I was more just shocked that like that like that they wouldn't make us drive to oakland right well at least say okay against sacramento we're playing in the college right, as they are with another team, against everyone else, we'll play in Las Positas, but against Sacramento, let's make him drive a little bit more and deal with traffic, right, let's get him with the traffic, right? let's hit him with the traffic, I'm surprised, but hey, too late now, they better not say anything, because it's already says that, and got tickets bought, and that's where we're going, so too late, if they're listening, you can't change it again on us, but hopefully not, right. well, yeah, I, I hope and not, I hope not, I'm sorry everyone if they do change it, and it's our fault, well, I'm sorry, or my what. fault, <laughs> We'll be there with our with our stickers, our podcast stickers. I know Luis is going to be there. I'll be there. Um, my sister will be there. So if anybody needs game analysis, come by my sister. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, hey, everyone will be able to meet her too. Yeah, so yeah, you heard you heard more about her now. If you want to go meet her, if you're at the game, yeah. <laughs> I know. I'll have to tell her. Listen, we queued you up on the podcast. You cannot bail on me. I doubt oh. she'll be. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. no. <laughs> you're going <laughs> <laughs> there you go one one, re, one way right to get her to make sure she goes to the game <laughs> not that she doesn't want to go to the games but hey one more reason to be like you can't have to go because everyone's going to be expecting that or to hear commentary <laughs> <on>. <laughs> and, and if you haven't heard our whenever cam goes on the field when he's a sub <laughs> we are merciless on our chance we will yell we have a chance well it's Everybody chants at Iwasa, but it was like it's like Iwasa. Even then, it's just like her and I. It's just it when he goes on the field. Nobody else does the Iwasa chant, but her and I. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> oh, I gotta start doing it too. Then, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll do it too, and hopefully more people catch on to that. Yeah, I know TVB yeah. has their own chant, but yeah, that that sounds like a good chant. I mean, yeah, Iwasa. <laughs> All right, Cameron, if you're listening, yes, you're, my sister and I are dorks. He knows my sister more than, it's almost like he, even though I worked with Cam, worked for him for all those years, my sister and he have a stronger bond than I do because Cam's uncle used to coach Billy Hanran. He used to coach my sister's daughter in volleyball. And so there was like this incredible, once all the connections were made, Cam thought it was great to hear the stories about Billy, his uncle coaching my niece in volleyball so it and it's like cam i came first i was first in your life and it's like no you're not as important as your sister and it's like take it donna (laughs) oh interesting yeah that's that's what we get from sacramento right small community and you know that's before you know it you know someone who knows someone who yeah so yeah really that's that's what makes this amazing right i think versus other um places too that might not get that community so the other, and the other fans of iwasa is taro rai you know that home mm. corporation they are huge <laughs> big time fans of cam and his mm. family they're very close you know they're very tight they golf together and 
you know, I, I, I love the Makuni Corporation and I love Taro Arai and what he's done in supporting a lot of the sports and supporting the community locally. He's just stand up. I, I love that. Jeannie Mabry working for him. They're great people. Yeah. And I think they even served his wedding too, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I know they wanted to cater his wedding if, and uh, yeah, one or two. So yeah, I mean, really, really awesome stuff that they do that and, and all that. So so hopefully Cameron could score a goal, right? Please, please come on. He has all the support already. We just we want to see him out there scoring goals again because uh, he he deserves it. I think more than anybody else, really, right? Because he's the he's our local hometown uh, at this point legend because he's our top goal scorer at the moment. So yeah, there's there's that. Yes, he is. Anyhow, cool. Well, before we close it out, uh, as is usual here with us, uh, and if you haven't joined us yet. We invite you to follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at State Republic 12. Also check us out on YouTube, uh, State of the Republic podcast, and you'll be able to uh, look at a lot of past interviews that we've done on video. Uh, once we get back in the group of getting more interviews down, we are going to be having them on video. The Joaquin Rivas one, we couldn't really do on video because we were on a quick time crunch. And either way, he had a, he had actually wore his mask because he was uh, a hotel lobby. So, you know, it's different thing but we are going to have him back on i'm really uh curious to hear how it felt to play against mexico and in a stadium where guess what there weren't more mexico fans there were actually more el salvador fans there um something that caught me by surprise but it actually it was actually really great to see that because you know just goes to show that mexico isn't always local so that was um something else so we'll definitely have him back on and that one will actually be on video and much different so uh be on the lookout for that subscribe to our channel to find out when that gets uh, recorded and posted cool well sharon jared thank you so much for being on another podcast as usual and uh you know for being able to talk about this really great game where again we leave with a smile let's hope there's more smiles this season let's make it back to a playoffs and and be be a playoff team like like we always are Totally agree. And uh, Luis, also, thank you for always being the backbone of the podcast. Um, appreciate you being the wizard behind the curtain. And, and of course, we can't forget the listeners. W without you, there is no us. I mean, thank you for listening. <laughs> we encourage you to, to tell your friends, your family, spread the word that, that we, we are talking Republic FC and USL Championship and anything else that comes in between. So thank you. And let's keep it going. Yes, the, thank you so much to everyone who supports our show, and, and we really appreciate it. We hope that uh, if you haven't gotten a sticker yet and you want one, send us a message. Uh, even if you don't go to games or we don't catch you at a game, still send us over your address. We'll get some sent over to you, um, and, and so please, please uh, do so. And, and if you do send us your address and we send you something, when you get them, if you could just let us know, or hey, if you want to take it to social media and take a picture of the stickers and whatnot, even better, tag us, all that, all that stuff. Um, but please do let us know when you get them. I uh, just want to make sure that you know it doesn't get lost in the mail. And, and if it does, no worries, we can send out another round. We are really loaded. We have a really good inventory right now. So yes, let us know if you want want some, and we'll send them to you. Or or if you're going to a game. You know, you know, you can find us or for the most part, um, we're, we're going to games. Uh, sometimes I, I'm not going to the next game against Las Vegas, but I'll be there at the end of the month. 
but uh, but Sharon is is there uh, often too. So just send us a message. We'll get things coordinated just as we have with uh, other listeners too. So awesome. Thank you so much, everyone. Uh, have a great night or day if you're listening to in the morning on your way to work. And we'll see you next week here on State of the Republic podcast.